Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously, I must say. It was so difficult though to stick to a routine and to remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found AG1. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. Now you might ask, what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I have never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. Honestly, I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and I know I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier and that's why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning as I said and then I'm done. So check this out. With that one scoop of AG1 I've been talking about, you're absorbing, listen to this, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, recovery and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs and none of that nasty chemical, artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Now let's all be honest with each other. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery, mental clarity and alertness. Now I don't care what you do in life, I think we can all agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle, that's again drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link will be in the show notes as well. Welcome sports fans. This is your Crank Brothers Race Review. It'll be with me, Andrew Nietling. Now this is Moving the Needle podcast and our awesome series backed by the brand that is synonymous with downhill racing circuit. Last year, celebrating 12 years in a row of elite world champs wins with that Mallet DH pedal. Now, it's not just pedals that Crank Brothers are adding to their product offering. Over the last few years, they've added a host of podium containers and race winners with their shoes, Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw, Cami Belanche, and many more. Now, spoiler alert, from what I can tell, and Sven, my co-host, is going to help me with, they've gone one and two in the elite uh, men and women's field in the first three World Cups, so they're winning, they're unbeaten. I'm not even sure they're riders that are on other pedals. I guess there are, don't get me wrong. But they really are cleaning up on the world circuit. And Crank Brothers has got Sven Martin helping with a lot of their social media as well as their awesome pictures and content. And uh, Sven, it's been a long time coming. You've been too busy at some of these races to jump on the review series. But here we are. We are three races in. I don't think you could have written these storylines if someone paid you $2 million. These storylines have been insane. Um, <clears throat> just back to Crank Brothers, you're talking about their pedals. Their wheels are currently holding the leader's jersey, and they did last year too in men's and women's. 
wasn't last year. They were proto and sneaky. You kept uh, teasing them, and, I, and we weren't oh, no. allowed to talk to <coughs> on certain. Oh, yeah, last year someone was someone was on their wheels, but yeah, they weren't. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Good to see all three races. Um, like you said, the storyline has played out with Jordan taking the first win and Jackson taking the second win. It's all what we kind of talked about pre-season uh, when they would get their wins if they would get their wins would they get podiums and I think it's I won't say it's a surprise but perhaps it's happened quicker than we thought it would or maybe that's just how it was always going to happen yeah. yeah I think obviously we went back and forth everyone would agree they had the speed me and you probably said Ship, they've won pre-season racing that's going to take a bit of pressure off and then I think what we didn't dig into enough was those two had, were pushing each other. So if one qualified fastest, then the other guy would bring his game up in the finals. This is in the junior ranks. And even though it's in juniors, it is a different story in the leads. But you know what? They've had so much experience actually racing each other, racing the clock and lifting their game when it's finals time that I think even though it's an elite category, once you get in the gate and those beeps go, you're just racing yourself or as you should be. Um, but I am super, super impressed that it happened so quickly. I, I don't think I would have bet a lot of my own money that it would happen so quickly, but I w we're not surprised that it's happened, right? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, just riding mature beyond the years. Um, <clears throat> for first-year elites, the specialized crew are pretty notor – not notorious because that's a, a negative word, I'd say, but they're pretty well known to be pretty dialed with timing sectors, having their own um, – timing crew on on the on the ray <clears throat> on the track to kind of fine-tune lines which is quicker lines you know you've got limited practice runs so that's been a big help for Loic of a number of years um <clears throat> and then i'm asking you know are, are finn and jordan getting the same info and they are but interestingly they said jordan knows where he wants to go he's not really he doesn't need their help or them to tell him which is the fast line. He already knows where he wants to go on the track and he doesn't use their sort of split time analysis to change a line to um, as Loic would be doing or Loic has been doing over the last number of years. So <clears throat> you would think a young rider like Jordan would actually use that the most or soak up that the most. Be like, oh, wait, you know, because it's helped um, Loic for so, for so long. Yet they said, no, he knows what he wants to do on track. Um, they're helping him in other ways with gaining experience, mental side, and other other kind of decisions. But in terms of line choice, he already, he's, he already knows what he wants to do. I mean, that's one of the most impressive things I've heard because you could easily be sucked into the fact that you've got Loic, what line's he on. But uh, that does show that maturity you speak about. They have to be a little bit more race mature than their years to take the information they need and then get rid of the other one. I think Jackson as well, PD's got to be a great help. PD knows to speak to each rider differently. Greg needs something else versus a lorry mm. versus a Jackson. And clearly PD's able to sort of maybe help filter that away from Jackson that maybe don't look over to the other 10. Maybe don't even look over to lorry too much or Greg. Because you've got Greg. I mean, if I was a youngster at 18, all I'd be doing is asking what Greg was doing. Um, but he's a different style rider. He's a different yeah. height. He's wanting different things on his bike. So um, that's definitely like if you dig into the mental side of what these youngsters are able to do, maybe it's more ignorance than bliss and we are just over over analyzing it. 
But uh, I don't think it's that. I think they actually have their shit very well in a pile and they're focusing on their own racing. Yep. Yeah, Jackson um, and Laurie were practicing the whole week together. So those two have really helping each other in, in, a, in a massive way. And, and you saw that with, with Laurie's good good times over the weekend. Um, he had a crash in semi, which knocked his head a little bit. Um, but the two of the, those two have been gold for each other. Um, and really cool to see, you know, when it was a race that Laurie could have won as well, how happy he was to see Jackson win. He was like ecstatic and over the moon, like one of the first guys. It just just really cool to see you know there's no like sort of jealousy or or negative vibes in in, in the syndicate pits of of uh of jackson doing well and funny enough this race versus perhaps even all of their junior races and even compared to leo gang and lenzerheide both jackson and jordan um but almost they, they didn't look but especially yeah they didn't look i thought both of them looked off their game in practice, and not off the game, but they weren't. They weren't the two that you weren't talking about them, or they weren't mind blowing, or they weren't like catching your attention. <clears throat> and I spoke to, I spoke to the kind of different crews about that um, before finals, and they were both kind of not in strict instructions, but they were both reminded to build through the week, because they could have come out guns blazing, um, kind of almost like a. Like the Preller did some, somewhat the whole week he was on it the whole time. Like Finn did the whole week he was on it from first practice session, which which might have like caught him out at the end. But um, those two guys, you know, I just thought Jackson looked um, less playful, less cocky on the track. Like usually he likes to like dominate and own sections and just screw around. But it was just like they were building. And Jordan was just, I wouldn't say looked boring, but he he just looked solid. Um but not like crazy fast or drifting and and with the conditions and the dryness um you kind of maybe was a track you had to build on so just more like you spoke to the experience beyond the years um those two guys really held it back with someone like Finn that knows better he was like felt like from first practice run he felt like he was on for the win and and it definitely looked at like every race every run and track I I had Finn as my favorite to win um and yeah, so I don't know. There's something about building. Yeah, I mean, Finn, it makes sense. Like if you slid out in the turn at Leergang, you were close enough to winning a race. You can imagine how fired up he is. So maybe that's why he came out. And then those track conditions, you'll obviously talk to it. I wasn't there on site. So I'm the first to, you know, say I'm just sitting on a couch looking at the conditions. But with the amount of dirt they put into the track, the amount of effort, it just brought what it seemed like a little bit of inconsistency before it rained that you could easily have a crash. If you push too hard too early, you could easily have one of those crashes, which either hurts the body or probably more importantly hurts the mind. Um, and, and, and speaking of Jackson, in some of the analysis, you can see qualifying to semis to final, it's like almost the same amount he improved or percentage. Uh, yeah. Some guys went faster in the semi than they did the final. Now, I know there's obviously the weather played a huge role, actually. And then eventually yeah. it played a, whole, a role in the minds of a lot of riders. And then it really uh, screwed with uh, just after Bernard, which we'll talk about. But I think, yeah, I mean, we, we can't speak enough about those two. It's not a two-horse race. It's just damn impressive 
that the two juniors have won two of the three races already this season. I think that is a big talking point and an awesome storyline to show you how unique, how unpredictable downhill is. Me and you could spitball a 10-hour podcast and get the predictions wrong. That's why me and you said we're not going to do predictions. Why would we? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, talk, going about the track conditions and the track itself, um, obviously like a lot of criticism on last year, right, um, on the track. But then someone like Jordan who said he loved last year and he got the fastest time of the day. It was, yeah, it was this track he got fastest time of the day, right, last year. Um, he he has never ridden like a 2008, 9, 10, Lomi, fresh Val de Sol, you know, before it was like a sustainable bike park sort of business model. So all the earlier year riders, you know, it's a very different track and it was rough as hell, but for a young junior with fresh arms that's never ridden a Lomi Val de Sol, he thought it was the greatest track ever. But it definitely need it was just too much. Like in terms, it was just it was just like riding a rock garden from some start to finish last year. This year they did an amazing job. As much as the track looked like it broke down on on TV, and obviously with the dryness, it, it 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 certainly did. The biggest praise we can give them is that they didn't do the track work this year, a couple of weeks before the race, a couple of months before the race, all that extra dirt, and it has to be tons of it, was brought in pre-snow. So it had all the snow, all the snowpack packs the dirt in. So as much as, as much as was falling apart, the majority of the dirt was in and stayed bedded and the base of the track sort of held up like the deep base. Um, and the other thing they did there was a kind of a really, really well taped course. It kind of just, it was more like a black snake than ever before, except it was like a brown, dusty snake because it really did weave, but weave with flow, not like awkward bus stop junctions. You know, there was the odd one and that got blown out. And then you had those like a lot of people losing the front wheels and a lot of stuff. But um, it, it really kept the riders fast but kind of in a safer way um, and more flow. And and you just saw the way they kind of weaved and, and, and you know, surfed down the track really. It was kind of like a lot like surfing. Um, so, and, and then the other thing of those trailbuilders are like, they must have hated getting all the negative feedback last year because they, I've never seen a more honored crew. They were like, <clears throat> often, there's two schools of thought. You let a, let a track degrade and you don't touch it because that's World Cup racing. But there's other ways you keep it primed for racing. And there's certain things like loose rocks in track, which, um, you know, obviously you can get the tracks going to break down. But when you have loose rocks rolling into race lines, that's not good because then it's not a fair track because it's changing between riders and between runs. And then it's not a safe track either. Um, those guys were on it. They had these like double-sided rakes. So you had this like the wide, long thing that was grabbing certain size stones and like grooming it. Um, like that Samuel Corn has never been as good. They, they even leaf blew that one. And then they had on the other side of the rake, they had the like the metal straight with the longer spikes so they could drag off big, heavy rocks. So it was like this two two style and there were little crews of them and they were, they were on it. They must have been literally lapping every single day all day every day of the track and the track as much as it looked blown it was well maintained and um those guys um yeah they they deserve a big 
praise for for giving us what they did. Yeah, that's awesome that that we're seeing the effort go in. I mean, at some point, I just wish they would tape, you know, two three meters to the left, and it would be proper loam because there's definitely more rock in that track than it than it used to have. But um, I must say that it definitely looked flowy. The broadcast, you know, it looked impressive what these riders were doing. There were some sections where, you know, riders would double in and then bottom out. And and I would think for a new viewer, you must be like, how are they getting down this hill? It was, you know, never going to do it justice versus being there like in person. But that was pretty cool to see in the flyaway yeah. jump and all those sort of There's things. Some of, that racing, some of that racing drone does like – it does really give you that perspective of speed. Like when you're following Depre, I've just seen Depreller's rerun because I don't get to see much of the live feed. So I've literally never seen a live broadcast. So I have no idea how it is. Never heard the commentary. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't had time to go look after the race because we're like onto the next race. But I did see clips of De- like Depreller's, obviously that's one of the highlight reels that pops up. And when you're flying behind him and you're seeing his back wheel stepping out and, and front wheel washing and it's just like... um. Yeah, it gives you a sense of the the speed, and Jackson just like little like a little springbok, just boink boink boink, pranking all the way down the track. Um, yeah, is is uh, quite a spectacle. Yeah, they couldn't be two polar opposite riding styles. Um, obviously, Jackson was pushing. I mean, he said he lay it all on the line, and he almost. You have, I don't know if you've seen the highlight of him basically tossing it away in the first turn, rode the bars, and just acted like literally acted to, like nothing happened. Acted like yeah, nothing t- happened. Uh, race was almost done, and uh, but I saw it in Leo Gang. the The way he was able to be light on the bike, hop into like a turn, miss a bump, and and he just doubled down on that. There was this one section where even Loris Vergier, it's in the middle, it's in the open, came down some rocks, and then like Vergier went around the outside and like snake back in. Jackson went down the guts and just double, 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 as if it was a dirt jump park, and it. It was clearly tricky to do because most other top riders weren't doing it like that. So it was almost like his skill and and touch on the bike was a step above. Like the way he hopped down that track and how light he is. And even when he overjumps something and he hits compression, you know, there's less of him to sort of collapse on the bike. Um, so it was a real just – I mean, it was unbelievable the way he rode down the track versus Deprella, who basically said he overrode the track and it was probably a little bit aggressive. Um, but awesome to see him back it up in the speed right there. Not that I want him to like ride, override the rest of the year because he picked up some big, big injuries two years ago. But um, it definitely was good to see the Deprella from two years ago back, back in action. And um, you know the common style not having both Omri and Pom Pom there. That's like a you know your two headline. That's like not having your lead singer and your like. Um, lead guitarist at the fucking uh, at the show, you know. So it's it's yeah. uh, it's good that the bassist of Deprella just like up the ante and he's he's back in the, back on the podium for them. And you might have missed it, but he made a crucial mistake in the last three or four turns in the woods um, before the steep bit before you drop out. Yeah. It, it was a proper mistake, and other than those two, no one else won a sector between Jackson and Deprella, it was just those two that that uh, traded blows on the sectors the whole way down the race. So they sort of were a step above. They maybe, obviously they were of the guys that had decent conditions, but 
even Jordan wasn't able to win a sector or anything. So they were able to sort of toe the line between risk reward uh, on the conditions. And you heard uh, Loris say he actually watched the race up at the top before he drops in. I think it's always so tough to back up a fastest qualifier. You've heard someone like Fabian Burrell said, I've won many qualifying, but to back it up is is something well, different because how much harder do you think you need to push? When you're two, three seconds back, I mean, all you're doing in your mind is going, okay, but I can go faster there. I made a mistake there. So it must be tough for someone like Vergier to back up the fastest semi. Well, I think tougher because of the conditions. Um, yeah, if and the, the conditions. If, if, if the track was just a normal World Cup, they know how that's going to break down from quali or even at this stage, semi-final to race. Um, but although it did get, you know, once you got to those last um, seven, eight, nine riders, it did get literally incrementally or exponentially better each run as the, as the time went went by with the drying out. But by no means was it as good as when they did their semi-final run. Uh, it, it was still, you're unsure, you know, so... Depreda Jackson doing the runs they did. There was it was a bit of a, a, a dice roll, you know. They knew what they were capable of, but like that that middle hop 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 section that you're talking about, a lot of rider, a lot more riders were doing it, but it didn't end up doing it in their run because it, you were landing on on the slab rocks, which were would be even slipperier because they're going to hold the moisture longer, and then they're going to have dust on top of them. So there was just like, well, we're not going to do that in these conditions. So. So for Vergier, um, that's I think I think that's just the, the conditions. Like is like did he was he able to in his head push as hard because he knew he couldn't, um, and then he maybe also if you said he watched before he went down he watched footage of the runs he maybe watched like five or six seven riders before he went in because then he had to get in the warm up and then it was even slipperier so he was like oh shit it's still slippery where it did get drier and drier so. Um, it kind of sucks, and I'm really happy that um, the track did allow <clears throat> the fast guys to put in their, their fast runs and, and them to get on the podium. Not that it wouldn't have been cool to see Bernard take the win, but he even admitted like he would have definitely happily taken the win. But he also, like, it would have been a, a major, like, asterisk kind of win on, on conditions. And he's, like, he was always said, and he's said, like, if he wins, he'll retire. And now he's, like, really thinking it. But he's, like, I wouldn't have been able to retire after that one because it was, like, it didn't count kind of thing. Um, and I think Eddie and them started from, like, being dead sober. And then Bernard got in the hot seat. And then it like slowly looked like he was, and he did stay in and forever. And then it slowly looked like, hang on, he could win this. Because um, at one stage, just before the rain stopped, it like got harder for like a millisecond. Yes. And yes, then exactly. The, when the sun comes see, up and it gets worse for a, like, we could a few s- riders. And we could see at the bottom, like you could see blue, and you could, but then there was black there. And um, so it was hard to say. Like there were people in terms of picking tires at the top. There was no. It wasn't like a front moving. It was just a, a pockets of cloud. So, so you to make the call on what your bike setup and tires. Um, there was no. It was a. Phew, that would have been a tough one. Um, but I am also interested to know how. Like because we'll never know because um, Jackson and Bernard. Like Bernard definitely went in the rain. 
and it wasn't as sort of hard and accumulated at the bottom, but he was definitely wetter at the top. Like he says, it was definitely slippery. It was, and he, he was raining my shots with Bernard, but obviously it wasn't as wet, but he didn't have like a dry, a completely dry course. So he had a bit of weather, but I, I wonder how, because there's that time when the courses get better and then that moisture would have helped to some degree, um, Jackson's run, because it was like going one of the last riders that was getting drier and drier and drier. Um, so I wonder like, you know, it's hard to quantify because no one did a run early and a run late. But I wonder, like, how good or how bad the conditions were, and, and the riders won't know because they, all they know is what they rode. You know, I guess I need to look at some of their GoPros and see if you can see it. And um, yeah, but then there's some riders that like, uh, who was it? Jackson, I think it was Jackson or was it Bernard? Um, Gave Estac the ride of I think it was Bernard. Estac, he said, had the ride of the ride of the day, in terms of the best ride in the worst conditions. And I guess that one went to Thomas Estac. Yeah, I mean, there's always that one. There's like a rider voted one when the weather changes like this. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's literally zero way to figure it out because sometimes you argue if it's loose and gravelly, a little bit of rain helps yeah. helps a lot. But then you've got those sections in between. Like if you were just like attacking, there was a little bit of inconsistency. Like there could be a section that should be pretty grippy con considering the sun came out and there's just a little bit of moisture on a route. And I mean, you could literally throw it all the way there. So I think you summed it up. Like it was a little bit of a roll of the dice. Like they were clearly pushing as hard as they could. They weren't really, really giving any regard for whatever the conditions were going to be. They're like, I'm going this fast like Jackson almost crashing the first turn, the Prella having moments, you know, it's different to a Leo gang track, which you had to be picture perfect to win the race. Mm. Yeah. It's like if you were attacking 5% harder than someone else or whatever the percentage is, and you were staying on your bike, you were making so much time, especially down the bottom. People got tired and you kept on the gas. Like that's where you win these races in the last minute, minute and a half when it's a tough physical track. So how are the riders adapting to so many race runs on that type of track? I, I think the other tracks so far have allowed this new format to kind of come and go, and it just is what it is. But I feel like the guys that built and didn't show their cards too early and realized, I don't want to do too many hard, crazy runs on a track like this might have might have helped them. Yeah, I mean, more than one guy said that there's a four-week break coming up um, I think it's four weeks or five weeks till world champs. And, uh, yeah, like I was literally doing the interviews. No one knows what it, everyone else is saying to me in the interviews. And, and like I get three or four of them said, uh, four week break. I'm going to like really push. It's like, if I break a collarbone, I'll probably still race worlds. It's fine. Um, no, like literally they, I heard that they, as well. I heard that. They got I heard no, the guys. Uh, and I was like, all right, fair play. And it's the same thing for the after party. It was the first after party where you could tell there was not a race the next weekend. Um, it was like an after party from your era, Andrew. From from what I hear, I I wasn't I wasn't there. I haven't been. We stuck editing photos at that time of the night and early morning. But from all accounts, it was like a proper old school World Cup party with um, yeah, stuff happening. People well, getting. I mean, again. it's it's been a four week stint. Whether you took a week off or not, your mind is still on Valdesol. When week. you go ride at Morzine, five weeks. Five, stint. five weeks for me, bro. Oh uh, yeah, but we're not talking about you. We're talking about the riders. 
Daniel's only done three. We, and Daniel's only done three races. It's no, nothing, no, they, Come on. they don't work as hard as the photographers. I no, without no, you, we close. do not do they have the coverage. You see how risky you see how risky it is to be a photographer these days. You seen Kate Edwards taking uh, out Bartek? Yeah, that was not. And not, Nina taking not good out to me. Like, on, Nina I haven't seen this. Where's the footage of you? Oh, not this year. Like twice last year. Oh, I thought. I hope yeah. it wasn't your fault. Her knee keeps getting re-injured. No, it not is. This, it is time. a. It's a thankless job. Um, no, I mean, even if you went to Morzine and you had a couple of mutsiks or whatever those strong beers are, think you're going to switch off. Your minds. I heard Greg was testing. Miles Kelsey's over there riding with them. Greg's been had a little test track. I mean, all the riders. Yes, you have some fun laps, and then you're going to put some work in if you were behind the eight ball. Um, so yeah, it's no wonder these riders are letting off steam. But I also heard that. Well, I've got a big break coming up, so I was going to let it all hang out. But what I meant was that's in the final. I just think, yeah. final you know, and the yes, point, points, points are important. Semi-final, dishing out a lot of points. Conditions are cool, good for Loris, got his 100 points. But the record books are going to show Jackson Goldstone won the race. Like that well, is still at, look, what we look at. You know, we don't mm-hmm. read – semi-finals cool, but it's kind of like winning a qualifying. It just it isn't the final, right? Or are we still well, look, looking at differently? Well, look at the rankings. I mean, someone that's really liked the format, perhaps up until this week weekend, Loic scored a lot of points at the first two rounds. And look how quickly he went from first to fourth. And then Jackson was in third or fourth and jumped to first. So um, these extra points, you can gain a lot of points, but you can also lose a lot of points, you know. So um, if you don't Loic, do it in Loic, the final. L- well, no. Well, Loic generally didn't, you know, it was more than just he didn't do, he, he just didn't score many points and he, that's why he fell back, which means you can also jump up the leaderboard quite quickly if you do have a good weekend across all three categories. Um, I'm still undecided if... I've, see, like when I... If I was a fan and I want to see the Valdesol track, um, uh, sorry, the Valdesol race... Um, you get surprised by the track, the camera angles, everything when you watch it for the first time. But now you've already seen it um, from the junior race. You, so the track's no longer a surprise. Then you've seen all the camera angles and the shots um, <clears throat> from some of the semifinal stuff. And then, like, do you even, like, you know, like what used to, you dedicate two, three hours of your um, Saturday before you ride a bike or after you ride a bike, depending on your time zone. Like, like, some people have seen what the riding looks like on the track and then they're like like some people are saying they're not even hanging around for the final um it's it's yeah i, I don't know obviously i think it's six of six or one half of the other i think the core 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 fan just is going to tune as much as he can yeah. and then maybe the few people are going to they like kind of core fans but they've been doing it for so long and maybe mm. me and you are if we're not at the race we're at the race, we watch everything. But we're not at the race. We keep an eye on it. And then, like you say, we come back for that like amazing finals run. And there'll be yeah, I, that type of fan as well. That, that like if, I'm not comparing it to Formula One because there's so many differences. But on a broadcast, you, Formula One, you've got like practice, qualifying, all those different things. And then the final, some core fans watch all the qualifying. I'm like, I don't, I mean, there's some interesting bits of that. And then you watch, then I might tune in, watch the last 15 laps of a Formula One. So maybe that's where you're at with a fan base. Like, yeah. give it to them. Some people are going to watch it and love it. And then other people just drift and just watch the finals. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see if next year they keep qualifying and semi-final and final. Like, um, who knows? It's 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 working, and I think some people are into it. Some people are ambivalent, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of get a take. Maybe that can be a sort of a, a poll we can ask the fans, and a poll we can ask the riders. You know, next year would they love to keep the format as it is or change it? <clears throat> I know for fans, you're definitely getting a lot more viewing um they've opened up there's less restrictions on people filming so you're seeing a lot more of the quality runs and this is about outside media just not not their their media so um i think there's definitely more content out there for for everyone all the worries and fears about you know what would be allowed and not allowed i think we're allowed people are seeing a lot more than they used to see um from these events so that's good yeah, definitely. So you, you mentioned someone like Loic. Obviously, a not a good weekend for him. Were you able to get he looked and he looked he the looked pits? Good. Where where we at with Loic? Just one of those races didn't go to plan in quali, and then the weather and he, I mean he looked really good, and then he sort of lost time in that middle sector, which maybe played it safe, maybe made some mistakes. Like he wasn't that far off. Just position wise, is nowhere near what. I mean, unfortunately, what we expect from him. You know, like you're allowed to have a bad race, right? But uh, he had some really good sectors in the final, but, you know, it wasn't a great quality, it wasn't a great semi. So where are we at with that? Or was it just one of those days? Um, I think it's one of those days because he looked like one of the better guys on, on track. He was, you know, top three guy looking on track. And then his... His, uh, I'm just kind of looking at his weekend, like on paper, yeah, like a, a 16th, a 53rd and a 14th, um, obviously, you know, not great in terms of points and not great in terms of race runs, which is odd for Loic who puts down good race runs, you know, um, so yet he looked, he looked great on track. Um, he... I don't think he found the right bike setup. That was one of the, one of the things he said. He, 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 that was the only comment I hear from Loic. So, and I know maybe he is one of the riders that is more in tune and needs a better bike setup than, say, a Danny Hart and and maybe even a Jackson Goldstone. That like, um, Danny Hart was like they could put sand in his fork instead of oil, and he'd be like, "Yeah, this feels good." Uh, Josh Bryson, like kind of similar, like he always looked like he ran the softest suspension and his like baggiest clothes and and yet just was winning races. So some guys maybe are more affected and need the better bike setup and, and more and more people these days, um, it does it does affect them, um, you know, as, as the races are decided by milliseconds. So maybe that got into Loic. He just didn't find the race setup. He definitely looked, like he had the perfect practice setup because he looked great in practice. So um, hard one to say. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he might have because of the lack luster semi and things like that comes down in a little bit different conditions, not pushing as much. But like you say, someone like Greg, it was clear as day on the internet. He was puzzling with bike setup. Now, I don't think his teammates were. Um, and it's it's not good or bad because often it's in your favor, but when it's not in your favor, it really hurts you because you keep if you're doubting your bike setup, it's pretty hard to push. So he changed bikes sort of midway through the week. Felt like he found something. That's often all you need is just to trick the mm. mind. Like okay, I found something. Like okay, what are we talking about? Um, and I'm not discrediting anything. Like he's always going to be Menard and he's always going to be the greatest of all time. 
unless some other weird miracle happens in the future. But, he, you know, it's the, the highest of highest levels. Like, he's probably searching for a second or two difference. Like, if he rides his old bike, doesn't feel good. It's, you know, he's, he's just these, like, minute adjustments. But if you get it wrong or it's too late, you're just going to have that off weekend. Um, yeah, and see, maybe, like you say, for Bruni, we're obviously just spitballing a bit. I thought he looked great. He just lost a little bit in those sort of middle sector. Yeah. See, with, with Greg, um, if you think how much Laurie and Jackson and Nina rode their bikes, they had, they had that whole Australian and New Zealand leg, right? So Greg got on his new bike, um, you know, like three – two two three months later than them on his dining bike so while he could get it tested and set up for a track like Lenzerheide and Leo Gang obviously that would have been his focus Veldesol track would have needed a massively different setup to a dry Leo Gang and a and a and a Lenzerheide which don't have those this it was just a lot of like complete opposites on this track there was the soft loose dust and then the high speed compression holes and rocks as before so like to get the bike set up for this track was completely different to the other. So he had nailed perhaps set up on the other two races and didn't notice that he needed to change bike or, um, or anything like that. So I think in Greg's defense, you know, he's just now able to get this bike set up for, or, or experiment with different setups. And I think a lot of it is in, is in compliance, um, stiffness. So that's what he was sort of playing around with more. Um, and uh, a lot of riders were saying they were getting after first aid practice. They were, and it's not just Greg specifically, but quite a few riders on, on all different teams and bikes were saying they felt themselves getting spat off the bike. Same setup coming from Lenzerhan and Gang, you know, or similar setup. And they were detuning wheels, and they they were getting like the bikes were flexing and getting pushed and in a hole, and they was just getting spat spat off more is what they said. It was like the bike was. Sp- getting away from them so you you won't know what's causing that or not causing that um but it looked like people were trying to soften their bikes not the suspension but like get their bikes as compliant as possible you know there's different ways of doing that and yeah no it, it makes sense because i was watching the broadcast and there were some questions thrown out there not all of them answered but uh, depending on the rider, some get a base setup and then they run it for the season with minute changes. We're talking compression clicks here and there. And then you get other riders. Someone like Greg is able to work on his setup mentally, like he might raise his bars. That takes a bit of weight off his arms, gets him into his legs. Um, people might go to a softer spring to just, you know, because it's a steeper track and they're, they're struggling in the steep bits. Cool. So I'll give up a little bit on the flats. Um, I'll manage that. And then I'm more comfortable in the steep where I need to push. And then you've got other riders like that don't really look at any of that. Like we said, go one base setup. So, yeah, I'm not knocking any one rider. There's no one size fits all, and, and everyone needs yeah. to figure out what they need. But that track, historically, you could set up a bike anywhere, and when you went there, it, it just often felt a lot different. And what you're speaking about is interesting. People come off spoke tension. That gives a bit of compliancy there. I think bikes have got way more stiffer than they used to be. Um, well, talking about you know, with people running about, carbon and carbon wheels, and 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 uh, so there's a lot of work to do when you've got a track like like Val de Sol. Well, um, there's not a lot, and it's there's a couple of teams, a couple of bikes. Um, 
the bikes may look the same, but uh, there's there's different laid there's 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 people riding frames that are laid up differently. So when they're on their frame for the year, it doesn't mean it's the same frame. They, they as production or as their teammate. Um, there's a couple of teams in the paddock that have different carbon layups on the front and rear ends of their bikes. So the bike might look the same from one race to race, but they might be riding a completely different carbon laid up rear end. So there's no, only a handful of teams that are have access to to how they're going to lay up their carbon, and and uh, um, it, it's it might just be in a developmental phase. But uh, because once things are production, I think it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, there's a, obviously you saw Gregor's on different color frame, so maybe he was one of the riders. Um, and there was a couple of others that looked like they're on the same frame, but they are definitely not on the same frame. There's different different layups going on there. So that's like taking it to another level than than you know, than than any kind of than any of us can need or or fathom. Um but that's how deep people are diving um into this. Um so yeah, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, and, and I think compliance was a big thing for the, for this for this race, this track. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, we've got can't gloss over someone that we thought might have been the most consistent of the year, but happened to not jump on the podium yet. Uh, uh, man, Troy Brosnan, back yeah. to some of some of his old. So that was cool to see. He seemed very happy. Finn seemed really positive about his result, and and for Jackson, which. I mean, every rider was. He's obviously a likable kid, so it's really cool to see that. But, yeah, it was nice to see Finn right up there as well as super happy for uh, the Canadians, giving Stevie Smith, just giving a tribute to him, saying, you know, we'd speak about it a lot, but it's really all because of him that we've got these Canadians coming up, like Gracie Hemstreet, which we cannot not talk about in the ladies. I mean, without that crash, she would have been up there. But She had the two fastest Two fastest splits yes. on the bottom, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fa- fast, fastest sectors. So she's, uh, yeah. I, you know, you, I'm. She's improving like not just this year from last year. She's improved like this race from the last race. It's, it's uh, you know, she's now going to be one of the girls who can talk about uh, podium contention. And usually, not well, not usually because the guys are proving us wrong, but. Um, and Valley was also she jumped from junior straight into elites, but um, she's made a lot bigger inroads than I thought would be possible. Um, and she's now like a podium rider in elites in her first year. It's pretty amazing. And setting faster sec- setting faster sectors. Um, that's that's like that's even another level on top. Yeah, she won two sectors, so that approves her pace as well as the coulda woulda shoulda is really difficult to do. But she was 100% on podium pace, so she's going to be able to take that confidence. And I think there and is got, a serious sorry, sorry, changing to, of the guard. Yeah, so to, yeah, to, to um, jump back in with Jess Blewett and Gracie and Valley, those three girls can jump and have and got more style than a bunch of guys in the top 10. Um, whether they're getting sideways or just poised on the bike in the air. like, um, And it's like you said, it's a new... There's all three younger girls, and they it is a like, you know, it's it's not a surprise anymore when girls have style or can do good whips because that is like the new wave of girl riders. They they no different to the guys. Um, same in surfing and skateboarding. Like the new wave, there's less of a sort of a, a sex gap in terms of what you're able to do or how you look on the bike. Um, and uh, it's pretty cool to see. 
Yeah, I thought the same thing watching, like the way Jess Blewett gets down the hill. It's not just riding down the hill at speed. She's popping. She's dictating where the bikes go with style. Mm. Um, and the same as, as Gracie Hemstreet. I think it's a real lesson to the next generation. Like I, I think a dirt jumping skill and touch on the bike will never hurt you. You can be a downhill purist and never really ride, ride a set of trails and be very successful. I just think that touch on the bike that this new generation is showing, like a Jackson, like a Jess Blewett, like a Gracie Hemstreet, they, yeah. they're growing up seeing what everyone else is doing. They're dirt jumping with some of the boys. Um, and, yeah. and you see it playing out here in a downhill race on one of the most gnarly technical tracks in the world. And I'm talking about jumping things. I'm talking about doubling. But you're able to smooth out a track. You're able to stay lighter. You know, really unweighting the bike, and that helps with uh, the physicality of the track for these ladies as well. I was just blown away. I loved watching it. Yeah, I think that's that's just it. Um, having those dirt jump skills, sort of even like usually bike park dumbs down your skills and takes away your skill level if you've grown up or brought up in a bike park. But in this case, all the little like the hops, the presses, the manuals, the nose bonks, like whatever. Because um, I said to Jess, like, you know, I said, is this your favorite track? She says, well, she keeps getting her best result here. And this is her best career result this weekend. But like she also said, it's her most difficult track to ride. But obviously, with exactly what you said, because she has these sort of new generation or new school of skills, she's not just riding strong and fast and hard down a track. Um, she's able to finesse and fine tune her way down the track and put her bike where she wants to and, and like just, you know, get get down um so that's what's giving her the good result you know there's not just a tons of like motorway jumps and like leo gang or fort william or whatever but it's that innate sort of uh new school skill set you get when you're sessioning with 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 all the mates and the friends and the boys and the bike parks that you pick up from a young age um that's translating now and um and Gracie's like right there with it she's on, on the other side in, in the whistler um and she's getting those skills also like with young new young posses that like call them like the instagram generation you know where they just film themselves with their phones in every corner and switch out and and it's all like it's all paying off you know no i was just thinking and and how it's kind of shaping up to a cool story for fort william and we keep saying ah oh, maybe we need more than 10 in the final and and now it's proving like the juniors are coming back um you know marine's back to form she's in fourth nina didn't have her best race but I think she's got a good bunch of time now to get ready for Fort William. Maybe I'm jumping ahead a bit, but, uh, you know, it's not a sure bet, the podium now in the ladies. It used to be a couple of the ladies you knew were going to be on the podium, and there was gap for one or two, but I it's think become, it's I mean, it's come like a, it's definitely a, a sure bet like, kind of for, for Valley and Cammy is, is, a, is a sure bet. Um, at, at this stage anyway. And then, yeah, but with Jess and Gracie stepping in, you know, that's, stealing two other girls the two other usual girls podium spots you know and then rachel will be back at fort william and um she's you know she's this is rachel fort william is going to be a little scary because if she hadn't won in leo gang she would have just become happy to do her retirement race and be stoked if she got a medal at world champs but now that she went and won um sorry lens uh now that she went and won She's obviously going to Fort William with nothing less than a win, 
is like that. I will think be so. The and the driving, belief, <laughs> the driving. Yeah, and the belief. And but the I mean, belief, I think yeah. there's a there's a belief in her. I mean, she's ready to athlete it, but there'll be a proper confirmation of that belief after coming out. Doing Lenza Hyder. Leo Gang, she wasn't as comfortable as she probably wanted to be. She was but she wasn't bad. being she wasn't, there, right? She wasn't, she wasn't bad. super bad either, yeah. No, but maybe she leaves with like, okay, well, i got to be committed. I know Fort William. There's not really anything on the track that's probably going to intimidate me. So, yeah, she's 100% danger woman for there. But, yes, those two are maybe a little above the other. Cammy, Cammy had some mistakes. That was not a perfect run. Racing is not perfect. But Valley Hall, the way she rode that track, I mean, that was a step yeah. above the rest. That, that, that confidence she's taken from delivering on home soil and the way she, the new school ride, the new school vibe, hopping, getting high lines, doubling things, uh, how she pumps out of turns. It's like, okay, I can't pedal, but she's for sure going to make some ground speed. Cammy's quality, because Cammy, Cammy won qualifying, if I'm correct, um, I think yeah, Cammy's quality would, would have, would have, yeah, because Cammy's quality would have really. I know Valley walked the course again after qualifying, which a lot of the riders do do. You like, you know, you 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 walk after quality to see where you can fix, you know, what time where you're missing, and you kind of know what sectors your opponents versus you, or what where you screwed up. So definitely walking the course after quality and. um you know, she saw that she had to put down that kind of run because, you know, Camille had the speed in, in the quali. Um and then Valley just did it with a good with a good margin. And um yeah, she she yeah, I um I d I don't something about Did you see the time difference though? I mean Valley yeah, went yeah. four seconds quicker in the final. So that yeah walking of the course as well as that like maybe sort of you know not showing your cards too early and then obviously she did a good semi and then she still had a lot in the tank for the finals is pretty damn impressive yeah. so yeah i'm not discrediting cammy i i could see visually there were some mistakes uh yeah. she lost some good time there in the middle so so now the one one thing i've noticed with with cammy this year um she's been using a, a on-track coach in training um monica rasnik also does so they've got a they've got a team rider their coach is a in group b practice so he's signed up can race a world cup basically mustn't do too well or sometimes don't take this race start so that he gets points and ends up in group a practice but basically the coach is in group b practice with says so elite male pro coach with um with cammy and monica so he's on track right behind them, or I think mostly he's riding behind them. So it's not like he's towing them up to speed, but he's analyzing what they're doing right and wrong. And then they sit down and he's GoProing. Like it's basically like you got to follow Cam and you can literally analyze what you're doing wrong. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. It's, it's obviously it's not against the rules. You're working within the framework, but like it always, I don't know. I don't know how I sit with that with like a, and he's not running in front of her to tow her up to speed, but I, I'm wondering. Like, I don't. I'm not sure. It doesn't sit that well with me. It's um, if it works for the rider and and they have the ability to set up a framework like that. But you know, I thought Cammy's done pretty good the last two years without that someone riding behind her telling her where to go. And um, so, is it is it really helping her when she's on her own on the track? I'm not sure. Um, and they're not using like he's not 
talking in her ear. She's, they're not using like communication ways, like go left, go right, or whatever, or, or head up, pull up. But um, I don't know. Like you do that kind of training out of the races or outside of an event, and it, it just doesn't sit well with me that it's happening. And I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, but uh, I don't know. It's not like it's not fair, but I just think it's like you're at you're at the World Cup now. Um, just do, just go ahead and do it. You have all the outside help you need with Go, GoPro and and timers and line spotters and all that. It's like, do you need someone like riding behind you like the whole time at a World Cup? Maybe you could be focusing more on on your own game. I don't know. How do you? What do you think about like guys towing girls up to speed in World Cup race? Like, is it a bit controversial? Is it not? Is it work forever? Um, does it even matter? I'm bringing, I mean, I'm mostly pissed off because he's always in the background of her, of her photos. So I like literally all of <laughs> practice. I've got, I've got like a dude just like riding right behind. I'm like, what are you doing? That's, that's how I noticed it. I was like, why is this guy always following her? And then I figured out, ah, oh, he's bloody, this, he's got a um, team play or not a team play. Yeah. He's got a number and he's, in, and he's registered with the team. And um, that's, that's, I mean, it's happening. an, it's, it's an interesting use of the rules, right? It's, it's nothing wrong with it. It's the same when the practice overlaps and I would ride with elite female rider, I could technically do the same thing if I was willing to yeah. give up some practice runs. So, but I, I, I totally hear why you're like, there is an opinion and a side that says it's a little bit like taking advantage of the rules because you all know he's there only to help one rider. Like he's not there for yeah. themselves. But yeah. doesn't like Harry Malloy or someone do that on that other team? Yeah, and so I mean, like- and Valley Valley does do Valley does do a run behind Tegan, like you said, when the practice does overlap. So I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying people don't help each other out, but like you know, she's not doing every practice run behind them. And um, there was also I think uh, Tane used to like follow Kate or Chaos like one one or two runs they would like sacrifice to get Tani up to speed. So it's not like it doesn't happen and um you know maybe it's just the best use of the rules who knows you know like if like you said i don't know i just well, think-, I think here's here's what i do think is is riders definitely need to be comfortable in their own skin because there's gonna be a race where pd maybe can't be there okay there's gonna be a race where my line coach or coach oscar size wasn't there i still performed and I made sure of it because I was like, I, I want to use it, but I can't be reliant on it. So there's the problem. If you can become only reliant on it versus like, I'm just going to use it for what it is. Um, and that's where the gap is between factory teams. There's more staff, more line spotters, there's all that. But that's more information. So it's a, it's a fine line, you know. Funny you said about coaches and line spotters and being reliant on it. This was the first race um, – that Vale has done without her coach. So Cecile and Cedric Ravenel that run the Comensal Les Ors Daniel team, they her coaches, right? Um, Cecile is probably one of the most successful modern coaches in the sport. She's coached gravel, cross country, short track, marathon, downhill, and in E Enduro World Championship wins. That was just last year alone. So. <clears throat> Basically, Cecile and Cedric are both injured at the moment, so neither of them could be on track. Like the two, that's two less people to help Valley with lines. So Valley was pretty much hundred percent. You know, it's, it's a smaller team, um, the Rock Shock, uh, Trek Rock Shock Racing. So there, you know, um, it was just me taking photos and the filmer, and then the two mechanics in the pits that were on site this weekend. So. 
she was really well and truly on her own and figured it out for her on her own. Um, and she still came out on top. So it's good to see she wasn't reliant on it, but it definitely it is a help. Like she did say, she valued to say, you know, it's tougher without those two just helping out on some line choice. And this track added a lot more line choice than the last two World Cups. Um, there were very different ways people were doing that major open, fast, flatty downhill section with all the slabs. There was like four or five and mixtures of those runs, um, lines, um, which was quite a crucial one for carrying speed because you end up into another section and after that next section you you kind of got the flat bridge crossing and stuff so um yeah so um and then the world champs we're going to see even more of them because then the federations throw in their seven line spotters so like there'll be a lot more head noise coming in at world champs yeah the you french, won't be hiding any of, lines no the french are notorious for that they and like everyone used to give them shit and um but now everyone's doing it you know because why not they've won the most so you better copy them you know yeah, but I mean, there's not a lot of line choice at Ford Williams, so you're going to be sitting on your thumb a bit. I mean, even when I'm I think we have a new races, top. I think we have a new oh, top. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, Alan spoke yeah. about that. Look, yeah. line, I think it's as much head coach as there's line, line choice, you know, depending on the – you've got to learn your rider, you've got to learn what they want. Often they figure it out, but it also just takes away the energy. If there's a really tough section, you go stand there, you offer them the advice – or you give them the options and then they don't have to stand there and waste 20 minutes of a run. So it yeah. is always beneficial, definitely, but it's it's as much a head game as it is physically doing the lines. It's listening to your rider. Is there doubt or are they very confident on the line that they're giving up point three? What are you going to do there? If they don't want to know, then you shouldn't give it to them because then you start creeping doubt and all this stuff. So that's you know that's a podcast for for another day. I can't remember if I told you this on this podcast. Um, maybe we did a podcast and I told you. I remember at Wyndham one year, G was, um, I think he was like battling for the overall. And in his, in practice, he was like, this is one slabby rock section and he was exiting wide. And I was like, dude, why are you, why are you doing that? Like just exit inside and it's, it's like almost half a second, easy, free, free, free time. And um, he's like, you ready? You sure? I'm like, yeah, dude, just like you're the only one. Just doing why are you doing it? <laughs> and then he's like, all right. So I thought, me in my head thought after quality, he would like look at it when he has time to do like two, three practice runs and he'll fix it for finals. He's never ridden this line, never even looked at it. He hasn't even like, I don't even know if they were doing GoPro, like riding with GoPros back then. He knew where it was, but he didn't like go check it out on a practice run. In his quality run, Wyndham, he just straight went inside and didn't know what speed because he hasn't tested the line and he doesn't. He just did it without testing it, and um, he ate shit just like chest, like one of those massive G crashes. And he's like, "Oh, thanks, fucking, for your line. Look what happened to me." I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, you're not meant to do it in your race run without checking it. You can't like. Ta I'm not God. You can't fucking take my word I'm for gospel." I'm not God. <laughs> um. Why yeah, do you so, act like God on the side of the track then? I uh, dude, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. Um, but uh yeah, exactly. But that's that's using input like is are you his line input guy? Like obviously No, I was help, just yeah, and it's I, like I, he, it's his fault for taking it in, on board. No, hundred percent. That that's a great insight. Um But I interesting enough, like things. interesting enough, like um it's it's uh, some of the lines on this track was was it once again 
the few instances and the last time it was really this track as well the there's the faster line that most of the fight like 7 90% of the fast field are doing but the easier B line for the odd top rider can be done faster if you do you know do you know what I'm saying the slower line can be done faster by one or two riders than the fast line yeah, if you yeah, hundred percent. That's like Sam Hill. Not all Sam Hill's lines were the fastest. He just could ride them so well, and he was riding so incredibly well at that time. Yeah, that it had just messed with everyone's head. But yeah, like a committed line, committed, con- yeah, consistent is way better than half assing a line. And same as like the stump section onto the motorway at Leo Gang, or and I was standing yeah. there with certain people. So certain people, I'm listening. Um, I'm hearing Rachel speak to Alan about it. I'm like, uh, she doesn't like the fast line. So is she even going to ride it well? It's not my problem. Um, and then someone like Brendan, I know what lines he can ride. So I'm just like, Brendan, that's the line and you need to commit more. He's like, what's going yeah. on? I can be honest with someone like that because I yeah. know I'm not going to get in his head. He wants to know if he's going fast enough or not because he's doubting that part of his game. We all yeah. know his riding ability you can literally send him down the side of a mountain on a unicycle and he'll get yeah. down. That's that's not the problem. So, yeah, I, I love that side of the sport. Um, and there's a time and a place. So now you've learned never to tell G before a quali or a race run about any lines because he's damn well going to go and do the fast line. Yeah, they're just too – yeah, it's just it's amazing <laughs> how strong these guys are in the head. They can just be like, all right, sweet, I'll use that in the race. I was like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> So now I'm like very careful. It's like, don't try it. Have a look at it and then try it. Yeah, like, are you comfortable with this line? If not, I'll tell you something tonight. Now, I'm just going through some of the results. We can't mention everyone. Where is it? But um, I think people Ronan getting... Dunn had a, Ronan Dunn had a pretty good one. Um, he a, went a bit earlier oh, than, he, than the others. Yes. And he's and, on my uh, notes. Missed, he's, he's sort uh, of Mr. Consistency, him and Benoit Coulange, who's been in the top you 10 would, most of these runs. Which, which we Ronan didn't, was not Mr. Consistency last year. And I told and him – We, I we did of, not bet on it either. I told him I – said, I said, okay, you've been consistent all year now. Like, let's just fucking get back on the podium, mate. Just roll the dice a bit more. That's not a bad thing to say because if you're a sponsor that was, that or a was, podcast pundit like us, we've noticed we're like, the guy's consistent. The guy can hang with the top boys. He's in the top 10. He's around the top 10. Um, it wouldn't be bad for him to turn it up a little bit. I think he maybe just had to prove it to himself because that was his downfall last year. He would look like he would look like John Coccoli in practice. He would just be dominating practice. Um, and then like just have, you know, hit or miss on his, in his race runs or quality runs. But um, I think we need a bit more a bit more of the old Ronan peppered in with the new Ronan and then there's your perfect rider. Yeah, and Danny Hart started sprinkling a little bit of his old. Uh, he's just impressed with the speed mm. um, and obviously laying a little bit on the line. So I think he was happy. Then uh, Luke, uh, not Luke, Remy Meyer-Smith, his first top 10 in elite ranks. I think that deserves a shout-out on a track like that. And I think it uh, was it, he had like a good, super good quality too. Like he was semi, his semi quality was also like top eight or something. Yes. No, I think it was um, quality... There's so much stuff to look so through here. So for that little young, for him, because he's kind of a little bit in his brother's shadow and in Remy Tiron's uh, shadow. And in actual fact, yes. I think on the Ah, he live, was six in quali on the dry day. 
Yes. Yeah. And and in, Great in the quality, life, only two point two, two point eight back. I mean, that's so nine. So I think just like the young, fresh arms, they don't maybe they don't think it's a rough track, you know. Um, uh, me and my brother text all the time. We're like, how does Jackson hold on? I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah, how does so, a little kid hold on to these things? The same as Maya Smith. Kind of like, I'm like, I think it's ignorance like, is bliss, man. Like I said, he's kind of been in his brother's shadow. They're very different. Like his brother's very methodical and and serious, and and like kind of as you think is the he's get more successful racer. And Remy's younger, completely different way. But obviously, by no means is he any less of a rider. And I think. Aussie national champs, he ended up crashing, but I think he also, they would have gone one, two, or he might have even been his brother, but he, he ended up crashing his race run. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that result. Like, it was pretty cool to see. You know, his brother's not racing, so he stepped up and um, Remy Tiron looked great all week on this track, um, got caught up in the in the rain conditions a little bit. Um, but yeah, Maya Smith, that was brilliant. And we mustn't look past it's his first year elite. He's obviously being overshadowed by the craziness of Jackson and Jordan. But a first year elite to get in the top 10 with the type of fields we have now, um, and that's nothing to be, you know, unimpressed yeah. with. I'm very, very, yeah. very, very impressed with things like that. Yeah. Um, who else looked really good? Oh. I mean, like Charlie Hatton looked great. Uh, I think he got caught oh, up shame, a bit in yeah. the weather. Uh, he had yeah. actually a massive one because I thought he got a flat tire, but then I, I see he was limping, like big old limp um, on Sunday night. So hopefully he's going to be good for Fort William because he'll be one that could really surprise people at Fort William. Not surprise, he just had that little home court, home the crowd advantage, we'll call it, like when he'll just go the extra mile, you know? Yeah, someone yeah. like Greenland as well. Like uh, hopefully there's a bit of fire in his belly, like, I don't think this new format helped him. A like great quality crash in semi, so that's pretty cool. Hey, I just for a random bit of information, you know, we look into these speaking. Talking. Of, where's this number? Hang on. Do you know that the fastest lap, like the perfect lap, you know, yeah. they always do those it's analysis. One point one point two. One point two. Jackson was yeah. one point two away with all those mistakes. Well, like he just he just needed the prellers, uh, a bit of. The Prellers uh, craziness, and then they would have pretty had the impressive. Lap. Like Valley was two yeah. points something away, and that's yeah. kind of normally where we're at, give or take. Yeah. You know, we're not going to dive too deep into analysis because you can find those online anyway. Um, talking about, I, I mentioned for uh, Charlie for home court Fort William, one of the riders that impressed me most um, was from Juniors. Uh, on track was one of the more impressive riders. Not in juniors but i think he was one of the, like entertaining to watch like just really solid riding and going for like crazy like good elite gaps and like that christian or chris or christian hauser from the union uh junior mm. uh i was like just saw him you know, and he lives in Trentino, so he's a local to the area. So he, there's not many people that can say Valdesol is a local track. He would that Valdesol would be his local track, um, but he's been out racing World Cups. So he hasn't been like pre-riding the track. But he was, he, and he's already had a World Cup win on the first race. Um, I thought for sure he was going to like wipe the field easily, but he ended up just having a massive huge uh, in his race run. Um, 
like big over the bars. <clears throat> I haven't seen it, but I guess it was on the on Junior's thing. But um, I think he's a rider, first-year junior. Looks like he's riding super strong. Um, he'll be a threat for Worlds, and he'll be for sure a threat all next year, and for sure he'll be like jumping on a big team like very you know soon thereafter. Pretty no, that impressive. makes sense. But I mean, Pinkerton minus a crash impressed a lot. I mean, that's... Dude, with a, with, with, with a crash... Off the bike crash, and he got second. Um, it's pretty uh, so, impressive. So I said to him, like, I said, like, is that because the dust is kind of like SoCal? And he says, like, he said, for sure. It's like, you 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 grew up, you riding in... Or not grew up, Andrew, but you spent a lot of time in SoCal with me in Laguna area, and that's where he's doing... You know he's doing his crest line, and there he's doing all his laps, and that 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 duff at crest line um, out there, just on the side of Big Bear. It's, it's pretty much like Val de Sol, slabby rocks, dusty turns. Um, he felt completely at home, and and also like just level-headed, solid ride. And I don't know how he got back into second place with a with a crash in a race run, even in juniors. Like you used to be able to do that if you were a shit hot rider. Like you could even do that in elites. Um, a crash and then still a podium if you were like a certain special rider like Sam Hill. Um, but these days you can't crash and get on the podium and Pinkerton did. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. And Lopes trains him, so I'm sure he's pretty fit yeah. even at a young age. You're not going to get away with half-assing it with Lopes around. So that's pretty cool. Uh, does that give him some confidence going to Ford William? It's a different track. Uh, time will definitely tell on on that one. And then um, in the junior ladies, I'll be honest, I don't know much about the lady. I don't think anyone knew much about the lady. And then she smoked everyone by 12 seconds. Have you got any intel? You you caught up on the New Zealand ladies. Yeah, so she's um, multiple, uh, I don't know if it's world champion, I'm gonna, but perhaps multiple BMX world champion in the different age categories, definitely New Zealand champion. Um, <clears throat> if you look at some of her historical downhill race results, like Iris is more of a Iris, the other uh, um, New Zealand junior. She's uh, Kiwi. Kiwi, yeah. She's um, well-rounded, does enduro and downhill. Um, but Sasha has kind of come from BMX more on the downhill side of things, and I think she's beaten. She's been the fastest pre-junior, um, and she actually had a big crash at Lenzerheider before the race. And then also couldn't race Leo Gang because of that crash. So we yeah. weren't aware of her World Cup speed. Um, and uh, that's a massive margin. Like there's already, I've, I've already heard, I've already it's like. a huge margin. I don't know how a, good the second run was, but I mean, she's a, it's, her, it's a big margin. Um, well, put it this way. One, that one singular race result with that time has already like I've already heard a certain team is like signing it and next year like I've, I've already so Lars a transition you better hopefully she stays with you for finding her and backing her and stays with you another year Lars so you can or maybe you'll get a rainbow jersey out of it this year who knows but um Lars watch out somebody's coming for her I'll tell you who off, off this podcast. <laughs> I will pretend to press stop and we will carry on. We always get the good stuff afterwards. I'm going to threaten to stop now because then you're going to give me like six amazing tidbits. Or are you just are you just too burnt out? I've always told you, like I roll up to do my interviews and I like, 
I'm already recording. I'm not like recording. I'm already recording. Yeah, I know. Case, I always uh, have to cut then, out some of that beginning <laughs> stuff and some of the end stuff. And then when I'm me. when I'm finished the audio, I'll like put, hang the phone as if it stopped. And then I want to wait. I want to hear the real stuff. Yeah. And then off. And then often, obviously, because I definitely tell them, it's like, hey, that second, but you just we just spoke about. I was also recording that. Are you good with that? You know, being out there, and they're like. Uh, hell fucking no. Or it's like, um, yeah, fuck it. Let's just run, let it run. I had to cut out Valley's, like, literally, you and Valley were talking, going crazy about her partying. I was like, if you're there, you can see that she's going to party, but I'm just going to cut that part out. What? Did we talk yeah. about Valley partying? She deserves yeah, well, we, to party. Like, sometimes. she, like, start, she start, no, of course she does. Oh, it was Leah Gang. She like, finally won in Leah like, Gang. You go, to, you go to her party. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking no, about. No, no, of course. And then, and then it carried on and carried on. I was like, no, Maybe but now hang on. Not going to keep this all in, yeah. So now you cut that out, and yet here we are talking about it. So now people know about it. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it, I mean, you might as well. She might have been counting how many drinks she's already had, and I was like, eh, let's keep her somewhat professional. Dude, no, they deserve it's, everything. It's, yeah, no, but it's it's um as like you get your drinks in right around podium, and then you're basically starting to recover after that. Uh, no, Valley, Valley got her drinks in from the end of a race. Through the men's race, and but then can you, you imagine had the interview with her. No, I mean she uh, deserves. Yeah. She, but so can she you imagine have. the weight of her shoulders? Um, is this I is this for? Can't. Yeah, is I this actually for can't begin to think the weight of her yeah. shoulders, and I think this is just exactly what she needed. Now it's like, yeah, it's, it's the rest freedom. Of the season it's, is a it's, bonus. It's freedom. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm not can, the person that crumbles under pressure or had these like weird crashes mm. in race runs like she's so bounced back after that which was traumatic for her she mentioned that she's sort yeah. of established herself and she's grown up as a rider and a person so yeah that was awesome to see why don't we go hear from some of the riders thanks so much to sven martin and also thanks to miss spent summers go check out their website misspentsummers.com they have some awesome content and you can also find these rider interviews there. But a good win, but again, not an easy win. You were fast, but there's qualities, semis, up, down. Yeah, I always feel like I get up to speed real quick on the first day already, and then like the weekend has too many days for me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I struggled a bit on quality day. I just didn't really, didn't really know where to go because I don't have any coaches this weekend on track because Cecilia and Cedric are both injured. <laughs> so. It's a hard one, especially on this kind of track when lines are changing like every run and you just miss it because you, you can't look everywhere. And then after quali, before my quali run, I knew I needed to do a track walk because I wasn't sure where I'm going. Yeah. So I did it with Matt and uh, did like, I would say like 50% new lines. Wow. And normally I never do that because I hate changing my habits. So uh, yeah, putting it down like this is cool and it's, it's a big like confidence boost. You guys pretty much didn't really know what the conditions were going to be. The rain was hovering for the last two days. Yeah. Did you have a or did you have a preference, right, right, racing like you did today, or were you happy if it went even worse and wet? Um, well, I didn't race a wet one in a while, and the last one I did was terrible. But okay. I feel like it's not about my riding; it's just like in my head that I was insecure in the wet because of a few crashes. But yeah. even if we have a wet race, I'm I'm ready for it. What do you do to prepare for Fort uh, William to defend that jersey? I'm actually flying to Whistler in next week, so I'm gonna take a few days off and ride some bike park and have some fun. So a few days off is still riding bike park? Yeah, sure, but I'm gonna party and go <laughs> to the lake and just enjoy life. <laughs> fun is, uh, what's the hardest part about World Cup racing on a day like this? 
getting second place. <laughs> it is. Is it is it hard because you've kind of become one of the favorites? Like you haven't had a streak of wins and, and you've, you've had a win, you know, but you're not you're not the bankable winning guy. But no. the last couple of races, you've been a lot of people's favorites. Yeah, I think the last minus snowshoe, I've been on the podium in my last like six of eight races or something like that. Yeah. So. The consistency is there. It's just trying to find the level that I'm missing on a g any given day. So like this year, especially I'm finding that I'm riding really well at like 90, 90-ish percent and just being consistent and like looking at races where I'm like, okay, I just need to ride fast. I need to ride smooth and I'm on the podium. Like every race this year, I'm on the podium. And it's like, I think that, I think that the hardest part about that is finding the next little step and it, it's hard to predict that when that's going to come, especially when the overall is in consideration, especially when it's like, I've had my win, now it's just coming yeah. for the second one. And I've, like, ah, man, today, the day like today is frustrating because I knew I didn't have it. Like, in, out so, of... So, the, talk about that, because yesterday when you went to bed, you probably knew you did have it. Yeah, so yesterday when I went to bed, I was actually stressed out cause because I crashed the, in qualifying and was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. I'm not, cra I crashed in the easiest corner on track. I knew how fast I was. I looked at the run, I was like, in qualifying, I probably could have been first or second or third or whatever, and I would have got good points, and I was, like, stressed about that. I was like, damn, like, just get a good sleep. Come tomorrow. It's a new day. And then this morning, I went earlier, so it was a little bit wetter of a track. And I had a pretty good run, nothing crazy, and I was looking at it, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm coming this afternoon, and I'm coming into it. And out of the gate, first two corners, I was good. As soon as I got in the forest, I made a mistake and was like... So it made a mistake or because of the conditions they were so slippery? Uh, it was a little slippery, but nothing crazy. Yeah. And I just like, I feel like I've been in enough races now where it's like I know my limit that I can give for any given run. And I think today I was like, I knew that Val de Sol is a race where I, I know there's a break coming up, but I just want to get a good result and get good points because we have a huge block coming up at the end so of the year. So at that point, you didn't want to go for the win and maybe not end up on the podium. You're not even thinking about the win or whatever and not getting on the podium, but it's just a it's just a feeling. And then you're just you're kind of just in that. It's not mediocre, but it's a high pace, but just not enough. And you, you can feel it when you're riding. It's just hard to change your mindset. It's so weird. And I like, I'm so in tune now with like how I'm riding and what I'm doing that like when I get to that point, it's like, is time slowing down? Like, are you able Not to... slowing down, but it's just like, ah, I can feel this. Like, I, I know what's happening when it's happening. Yeah. A little frustrating because I was coming down to the bottom and everyone was cheering. And, like, I was just like, I want somebody to yell, you're up or you're down or something. <laughs> so I could be like, if I'm up, I'm like, and he, yes. And if I'm down, put, like, I can kick myself in a gear. But it'd like, be kind of cool if at that third split or the fourth, sorry, the fourth split, it'd be cool if they could have put a board there for you guys. Because then we see some fucking crazy shit going Crazy down shit at the end. Last, I know. Last Why are you not going to back to the video times? He had people on track telling him what, like, back in the days? Yeah, yeah and, and why, why they had the pit board at, uh, at the well, last pit board? I'm kind of interested. I'm like, I'm kind of different in the way where it's like, well, not different, but I don't look at times. I don't care about conditions. I don't care about anything. I don't want to hear nothing from the bottom. I just get to the start and I get in my mindset and I go. And that's it. And like this year, I'm fourth, fifth, fourth, second. And like consistently... Fifth, fourth, second, so like world champs, there's like a progression. There's a, a progression, so, and honestly. Are you a I'm, world champs racer, do you think? Uh, I mean, I won it in juniors, and last year I feel like I had a good shot, and then I kind of blew my head out, but I think coming into, like, Fort William is one of the tracks that I'm fast on. Yeah, I haven't think, raced there since 2019, but like. Do you think Loic and you at Fort William, there'll be like different vibes? because For you, sure, you, he doesn't like it, and I do. <laughs> For oh, real. Yeah, like the track? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. 
Really? But That's he's right, but yeah. Loic, it's world champs. It's uh, Amory will be back. Do you think Amory with like? You think no, he'll be back by then? He won. He broke his, his neck. I think it's too early. Yeah. It's. I mean, I potentially too early. But what can you do? I think coming into Worlds, I'm just gonna be looking for the win. Like Worlds is one of those races where that thing that I'm talking about today. Yeah. Completely throw that out the window. You don't think about the overall. You don't think about ponies. Yeah, you don't yeah. think about anything. And Worlds is a first place race, and if you're not first, forget about it. Some good quotes in here. And uh, Canada Day, Jackson. Um, it's, I know it's, you're happy for him, but it's also a great thing if another Canadian, you know. Oh, it's okay. You know, it's like okay. You, it's okay. It's okay. I think the thing is with the state of downhill racing right now is like the first race. Our junior, or not our junior, our elite man, first year Jordan yeah. wins. So you've had two of those guys pull one over you. <laughs> yep, and Loic beat me in the second race. So I'm like kind of in this spot where it's like I know how well I'm riding, but I just can't find that level to be like I'm going to beat blah, 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 whatever, but I'm consistent, and it's second overall, and it's only 12 points. And like oh, if yeah, I just keep... I thought you maybe had it. I, 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 so did I, I but I crashed in qualifying. Yeah, okay. So, you know, is what it is, and uh, we'll come into Andorra with a little bit of a different attitude because I know how fast I am there, and I think that... Um, I think that last year I had a win in me and then I had a huge mistake in the rock garden and, you know, just is what it is. We'll come in with a different attitude because I'm kind of tired of this. Like, three races in a row, I just feel like I'm just not good enough. And I love being on the podium and everything, but it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you know you're better than what you're doing, but you just can't seem to find the click that makes it happen. So I'm looking for that, so and sure. once I find it, we'll come to Andorra, we'll come to Ludonvier, we'll come to Leger, and we'll fucking take it. You sound, I mean, you're not a veteran, but you... You, you sound very mature. Yeah, we yeah. know you since you're 15 from this track when you were a course sweeper. I wasn't here when I was 15. Yeah. First year junior I when came. You, when you crashed, when we were next to the track, you were a course sweeper. No, that was uh, first year junior. No, first year junior. That's when I won world he's championships. He's in the neck brace and then minutes later he had a rainbow jersey on. Mm-hmm. We might use those photos in this interview. Yeah, please. I don't know. We'll see. I think that, uh, I don't know if I'm a veteran, but I've had a had a lot of experience now with myself i think just going to the next races like i i hate losing like i love i love the essence of sport and being sportsmanship and all these things but i fucking hate losing Would man you call yourself maybe like a jock what's a jock like someone that just loves fucking sports and to win yes big time big time jock <laughs> the big time well jock. i love all sports and i love winning so like it's just one of those things where it's like yeah i'm second place and that feels good and i'm great in the overall and it's consistent and it's you like make a good american I'm a Canadian. Don't even get don't get that twisted ever. We could saw your face on the podium when you when you walked up. We like. Yeah, it's been like that every single race. I'm like, cool. I lost by a second. Oh, I lost by 1.4. And today at 2.2, like I didn't have it. I said that. And Jackson was gonna win no matter what today. I think. Like I don't think anybody had that run in them. Maybe Tebow. It sounds like, but I didn't see his run. And uh, yeah, I mean, after you get the taste of a win, what can you do but be unhappy with everything else? Well, good thing Bernard didn't win. Sorry, Bernard, but yeah. That would have... I have no idea. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know where he was. He was on the hot seat the whole fucking day. Oh, I didn't know. He, came down third he was third, down. third, ah, third down. Yeah, well, I'm sure he thought he was going to win for a second. <laughs> Podium shot. I'm literally on my tippy toes the whole time. They're, everyone, when they, when we all came up onto one podium, I was like on my tippy toes, like literally legs dangling. Do you think you're done growing? Um, hope not, but uh, yeah. learning? No, I mean, definitely got more to learn. That was, uh, I definitely need to learn to keep it under control and uh, figure out how to not almost die in the first corner. But Yeah, what do I you mean, do in the start gate? What do you tell yourself because you've got that mixed 
you've got that mixed condition so how do you plan that run do you attack out the gate because it's drying or do you um i mean are you running yeah. for the win or you're running for a safe finish obviously we got uh we got a month till next uh until <laughs> you, you, take a big like, you know what it's uh I, I did get lucky with a bit of the sun after and and uh and the rain would stop so i knew the track was gonna be somewhat drying up but didn't know how much so uh, definitely, you know, I, I tested the grip uh, in the first few corners. I was almost washed the front the first corner. Third corner, I had my foot out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was loose the whole way down, but At what point um, did you I know you pushing. maybe were on a good one? Oh, I didn't even know. I mean, I knew I was on a good one for, like, my standards. Yeah. But I had no clue where I was going to end up from, like, a field-wise. Like, I didn't know how, you know, other people were going or who was going fast and whatnot. So I just, like, yeah, as soon as I got down to the bottom and I saw I put, uh, yeah, two seconds in everyone, yep. I, was, uh, I was pretty mind-blowing. Your dad said this year was kind of dip your feet in the tank and, you know, first year lead, no real big goal. But after yeah. maybe you did well and Jordan took the win, you, you, that would have changed a little bit, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously, it's a, it's a hard transition. Like you never know where you're going to start up until, you know, the first few races. And uh, I, de I, I built well. I went uh, from sixth to third to now winning in my first three races. And uh, did you know you had the leader's jersey? Cause I thought you, I didn't know you I were on the podium. I was like, when's he going to leave the podium? But you must've known. Cause well, you're like, they would have told you yeah, at that point. Yeah. They but told like, me, they so told you, me before and Finn was like, you're leading. And Finn, I think is only like 12 points behind me. I think me, Finn so. thought he had it for a little bit. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, we're really close. Uh, one and one and two for me and Finn. And uh, yeah. I mean, so I I think is, thankfully, I got to have the leader's jersey for a bit now. We got such a break till uh, Nora. <laughs> you, you'll wear it from the, Will you wear it in Whistler? Uh, will, you race no. Whistler will, you, will you race Whistler before that weekend before. Um, well. World uh, two weekends before World Champs? Well, um, I might be getting my appendix out on Monday. Oh, jeez, yeah. So, so this, this uh, was coming, right? So, yeah. I, I, dude, even so like, it had to even settle today, down. It had to settle down before you could take it out, which is why you didn't take it out. Yeah, previously. exactly. Okay. It was too inflamed last time to uh, to actually take out. So, it it's like settled down, and I've been swapping antibiotics and stuff. And and even for semis today, I was like in a lot of pain. Um, obviously, I think it was a bit of nerves and and maybe a bit of the stomach uh, kind of mixed. But um, yeah, I need I need to get it out. I'm. Uh, I'm done. I'm done having a, a, a sore stomach and, yeah, and you I know feeling my, like I'm gonna throw up in the start gate. So I took my gallbladder out. Look at me yeah, now. Yeah, bro. look at you. Look great. Exactly. Lost so much weight. Look yeah, at you. Yeah, dude, <laughs> don't lose any more weight, bro. You need to get that weight down on the hill. Yeah. So uh, Fort um, William, um, have you kind of considered you as an option for that track? Like it used to be a big guys track, but then little guys have won there. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna go in there and try and do my best. That's all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, if uh, if I end up getting this surgery, it could mean like two to three, maybe even four weeks off the bike. So it could be cutting it close for Crankworks. Uh, Does that mean no hardline we'll as well? See. Sadly, as much as I want to do hardline, um, I I think it's out. Uh, I think it's out of the cards. And I mean, if they if they if the doctor says uh, you don't need the surgery, then maybe I'll maybe I'll go. But uh, yeah, sadly the the appendix is is more important. All right, man. Hopefully it's not like the magic ingredient that makes you you are yeah maybe i need my appendix and i'll do worse it. after we'll see we'll, we'll see, see. Uh, but yeah it's uh, man, good job enjoy the big party like you said a month break big hangover no yeah. worries well i mean i can't drink I think for a little bit longer so oh, why not because the antibiotics really yeah are you having a dry podium well i mean i had a few sips on the podium and my dad's handing me water right now <laughs> yeah, you <literally. laughs> um uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have a few sips, but I had a, I had a few drinks in uh, in uh, Leo Gang, and it didn't make me feel. We get closer. Hold on, hold on. We need a portrait here. 
Holy shit. That's opposite. <laughs> How many years, eh? Uh, yeah, we all I almost said 20 years, but then I don't even know if you'd be like alive. I'm 19. Oh yeah, definitely took the second to last corner a bit more easy. I was like, I knew I was on a on a on a on a route a run that I was proud of, and so I was like, I gotta just make it home. And uh, yeah, definitely made sure I was. I probably I might have even lost a bit of time at the end there, but ah, didn't matter. No Sam Hill for you. Yeah, not this year. Redemption. Hey, Mike, Jess, um, been on the podium before, but that was that that was your best one, right? Best uh, result so far. Yeah. So, um, what is it that it's the hardest track? Everyone would say this is the hardest track you get your best result on. Is it just like it doesn't feel hard to you? Or? Um, I think it's one of the hardest. I think in terms of like how it, it's always changing. So like you do a run and then the next run is never the same. Um, but yeah, it's obviously crazy long, super technical. Um, yeah, and a lot of people always like, oh, she's she's good at the bike park tracks. I was, so, I was about to say, like, yeah. <laughs> so don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, to me, you're a bit of like a free racer. Maybe it's just because yeah. you have, have so much stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you're not as lazy as Brendan Fairclough, but um, but yet on this track, yeah, you, you lay it down. Yeah, I mean, I always surprise myself here because, yeah, I don't think I would say I'm the best technical rider, but I don't know, I guess. Somehow I do good here. So. There's not even big jumps to send it no. on. <laughs> there's, there's like none. So, none. Um, what yeah. is your favorite track of, of the circuit? Um, normally it's this one yeah. or really? okay. Andorra. So yeah. yeah. So you're all coming up still. Mm -hmm. Fort William, how about those? I like Fort William, except last year I did my collarbone there. So uh, yeah, we were good in the first split and then. I think it. I think you and Valley need to have a whip off on those motor motorway jumps. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And, and you and you yeah. can enter in the in the in the the men's division, the overall. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they would ass. enjoy that. Yeah. No, no, no. no the, that's the men the thing. would not be stoked. Well, yeah, they'll get a bit of their asses yeah. kicked. All right. Um, what are you doing in this break? You, your parents uh, are here. You're going on holiday. You're going home. Yeah. What do you do? Nah, no holiday. I'm uh, actually going back to Hardline. Okay. Mm, so, so bad Hardline. <laughs> Do you not, I'm not saying, but you remember what happened last year? Yeah, uh-huh, I know. And you want to come back for redemption? Yeah, uh, redemption and, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of like a, a big thing for me because it's still racing um, and, I mean, everyone's always like, oh, she's jump, she's like a jump person, so I think, and for me, I would love to, like, do a full run and just, like, race yeah. it, but it's always hard because... Obviously, team. Is it kind of weird with worlds being so close? Yeah, I, I don't like that it's like that, but um, yeah, there's no, I don't have to do it. Like, I could, I could is, go. Is it just something you want to like put to bed? Um, I think, like, I'd like to keep doing it, but it's, it's hard because at one stage I want to just be all racing. So, yeah. But, but for not, now but it's like, yeah, yeah not, not yet. <laughs> right now it's just like fun. Tell me about you and Evie Richards and the nail painting. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, her and I did like a week together in Fushu for like, well, we were at the yeah. ABC together. Where's... So it's like, I think it's 20 minutes ABC. Out. ABC. Oh, Red Bull. ABC. What does it stand for? Uh, Athlete Performance Centre. APC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we were It was like both... ABC, you guys went back oh, to no. school. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so we both did... Uh, 
We were there for a week together and uh, yeah, she, she, she painted my nails, so I think she's still got the same ones. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. She me, yeah. yeah. She gives so, uh, I told her that was your best quality result with those nails. Yeah. Yeah, thanks Evie. You'll be on the side of the track tomorrow, Cheerio. Yeah, I'll be uh, watching her. Hopefully she goes third or better. So, yeah. Been any rides with her? Uh, no, I'd get dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> I need an e-bike for that one. <laughs> uh, enjoy the hard line. Be safe. Um, yeah, we'll do. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now she, uh, talking about Valley and relaxing, she, she knows what works for her. She's going to crank work. She's going to do the downhill race. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's two weeks because the downhill race is the first weekend of crank works. Um, so it'll be, you know, two weeks before Fort William or a week and a half, depending on how you look at it. Um, but she's wants to go to, you know, she's going to ride loose, have fun in Westland. She's seen that that's sort of the. Um, the secret to success is enjoying the riding and having fun with the riding, um, which, you know, that, that goes in like what you're saying, that spontaneity and the, the hopping and the, it's fun to watch and it's, and it's fun and fun is fast with Vale. And um, so she's going to whistle her. Jess is going to hardline. Can you believe that? She just gets a th- third I mean, I year. can believe she, it. I just don't yeah, know if I like the she, idea. She, yeah, I can believe that she went in October, like after Monsonan, but not if she's going like she broke a collarbone last year and was out and missed some races, and now she's going to hardline and just off of podium. So what, she's going to do the normal track? She intends to do the whole track, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe you're going... after third at a World Cup, I might just keep my focus on World Cup racing, but she's like this young generation. She said, it's she like said next year I'll worry. keep them away from this. She actually said, she said, maybe next year I'll like focus on racing as a like, cause she's still young. She hasn't, you know, not long ago she was a junior. Um, mm. But she says for now I'm, I can be like Kate Edwards, you know, I'm doing other stuff too. And fair play. I, I right. think that's awesome. I um, yeah. chatted to her a little bit after Leo gang and I can see she's of this new generation. Free spirit has fun. Her and a mechanic have a cool relationship. Obviously, loves the jumping. Hey, if she's got the contract or they're supporting that decision, then that's all you need if that's really what you want to do. The challenge is when the team doesn't support those decisions. That's that's yeah. a challenge for the rider when you're like, oh, I really want to go there, but it's not really the smartest thing to do or we're not paying you to do that. That's a yeah. challenge. So it's cool she's got the support. The Valley thing. Um, look, it's a it's a little bit of a, a time off. Like I think keeping a little bit and of you still race want to have a, is not a race bad. Fresh. You want to have fun. Yeah. You're going to be on your bike. You're going to keep a little of the spark under the clock. Uh, hopefully, she come away with a win. That'll help the confidence. Um, and then you've got time to get back. You rest after the jet lag. Do a little bit of prep, and then you're hungry for world champs. Not the worst decision. It's tough when it's that week before. That's tough. Uh, that never yeah. really works. Yeah, I think having four weeks with no race is probably worse than having, you know, one race peppered in there before World Champs. So quite a few people actually have their national champs this weekend. So this coming weekend, we'll, we'll see quite a few national champs. And then uh, did you races. help with the information that they might have a test event in Ludenville or is that a French Cup? What's going on there? <clears throat> no, I did. I did actually just pick up on that. Um, so... Yeah, there's some good notes on the Ludenville World Cup track. So we were obviously it's an amazing venue for enduro. Um, tricky for spectators because there's not a lot of accommodation or if you want to be camping, that's probably the best way to do it. And the biggest population centers are like quite far away. You know, it's a couple hour drive from any major population. So 
be interesting to see how many fans. We're probably not going to get the same as we had at Leger, but they are French fans and they love biking and they will happily travel. So, um, but amazing <clears throat> sort of paddock, amazing area where all the teams can fit in. Beautiful, lot of flat grass, a scenic lake, and the downhill track, which is the most important bit, which was kind of a disjointed mountain of two halves there was a midsection they had to somehow figure out how we're going to get the from here to there to join up to make the ideal world cup downhill track um so i just found out a, a good friend of mine romaine pauline uh paulette who just won the stone king rally um uh, like last last week that i was at um he's one of the best builders out there and he's been tasked with doing some of the building at um at this track so my hopes are high um he talked about like a rhythm like a whoops a whoops ending into on off section so like there'll be some and he builds good sections so i know it'll work if, he, if he's involved with it but um yeah it's funny because um just before when we were walking at lenzard i saw nico vink and i said to nico i said dude like I said, why aren't you working for ESO? I said, you need to go to ESO. Let's get you. You need to be like, you know, you have a single guy. You used to have the one guy that um, used to build all the full Saxon. They used to build all the four cross tracks and Glenn Jacobs. Um, you should be the guy that goes to all these Daniel World Cups because they all have some jumps of them of some sort. And 90% of the jumps in the World Cup track are not suited for World Cup racing they're just wrong. Even like as great as the Leger world champs race was like it had potential to be so much greater. Those three jumps coming into the arena were like terrible. You know, they're too big, too small, too steep, too flat, badly spaced. Like every single thing was wrong about it. Um, to what they could have been. Um, I was like, why don't we have a Nico Vink that literally, and the Leo gang finished jump or, you know, every, he just, sorts out every single jump on on the world cup track and it just that's what he goes in he's the jump specialist and he reshapes refixes respaces um <clears throat> so i think that's something that moving forward the sport could have um some of that knowledge but just hearing that a paulette is going to be shaping the new ludenville downhill track i'm not sure of its footprint how good it is but i know the work on it will, will be good so yeah, it probably does need a test event um the lord's test event worked for some things and i think um, you don't want to go to a brand, brand new world track and, and have your very first event of it at a World Cup, you know. So <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people would be smart to go there, at least if not race, at least go ride and check it out. Yeah, I've heard good things. I don't know if I was speaking to Flo that uh, I've heard good things about the potential of the track and the track and, yeah. and often these French rounds will give that for sure. So <clears throat> that's probably a good yeah. way to, to wrap it up leading into World Champs then Valnord, then Ludenville. So we are, well, we're not halfway through the season. We're halfway through the year, but we're only three World Cups in. We've got quite a tail end of the season coming up. Nine World Cups next year. Did you catch, catch that bit with the... I saw some rumors, but uh, I saw there wasn't much on the downhill side. There was just XE, a lot of okay, them not so in well, Europe, Endura a lot in Europe. So hit me, hit me with the info. So <clears throat> all, all non-confirmed, of course. Um <clears throat> and there's no venues laid out. It's just um, Europe or not Europe. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> so we got um, nine nine World Cups um, plus World Champs. So we got uh, 
one, two, three, four, five. So we've got six in Europe and three outside Europe. So which means we're going to have an additional, when I say outside Europe, looking at the dates, it looks like the Monsonan West Virginia leg, but it says there we have three um, downhills. One of them is going to be downhill and enduro only. So the fact that two of them outside Europe are downhill and cross country, I'm going to say is likely to be West Virginia and Monsonan based on the current what calendar. Time of year, what time of year is that? It's uh, end of September, early October. So the same kind of when we're going there this year. Um, exact, in fact, it looks like Monsonan would be the World Cup final in, in, the, in the beginning of October like it is. But... Um, which means there is a new venue for sure um, in North America. So I don't know if it's one of those places we visited in the Enduro last year. So Sugarloaf or, or um, um, went, to, went to Vermont and we went to Burke Mountain. Yeah, and Burke. Um, if one of those is going to host a downhill round too, not a cross country. So That's cool Adam though. Nine rounds, is, nine rounds is great. That's cool. Nine rounds is plus world champs. That's 10 rounds. So that's got to the yeah. number like and and we always did say last year let's wait and see what the ESO can do and they've pretty much done what we've all wanted you know we've got like now uh you know obviously would it be cool if some of those outside of Europe was maybe a New Zealand or Australia race earlier but it looks like we are starting earlier it looks like we're in like May um we've got two races back to back early May and then we have a little bit of a, like a month break and then uh, yeah, not even a month break, like three week break, and then like June. So we go in like July again. No, uh, What's in June. Ju are they having a break in July again? Maybe for the tour or no? Um, July. See, this is all unconfirmed because I heard that we weren't yeah, going to yeah. have in, any races in July. But now I'm looking at. It looks like there are two races in July. So, so who knows? Yeah. Okay, well, it's all hypothetical. Well, if there's not anything else, I think we can uh, wrap it up. And then the next one will be, literally, the next one's World Champs, as we said, an, after after Andorra. Whistler. Yeah, then Andorra. But we'll check back in. Ladies and gentlemen, that I'm was... Just quit, I've got to... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've still got to... I know that like, was coming. I know as soon as I start an intro, there's a point. So I just tease no, you I, an intro. Outro, I mean. Um, I'm just looking at how crazy um, Rachel's still third in the overall overall standings. Um, I'm just trying to see if we like glaringly kind of didn't in talk the overall about yeah, or we, the we, results? We, we in the results. We, yeah, Nina's knee. She said there's not a. She didn't feel confident in putting her foot out anywhere, and um, she tried to ride without the knee brace, and it's uh, yeah. It's and Andy Cole backed up a sixth place is nothing to fret about after winning. I mean, that's a lot of a it's like big hangover physically yeah. and mentally. You got to get over that's great. Um, Ronan Bernard, Dunn, we, you mentioned we, we, Antoine Perin, uh, Peron, you got to give him a shout out. The fastest Peron, yeah. When the Masters fastest Peron, got it wrong, but, he went up to Baptiste. He said, Oh, you're the fastest Peron. He's like, No, dude, uh, my other brother was the fastest. And that's yeah, a no, I. Yeah, a little bit of uh, – there's a couple of people around there that had the drier track, not like not yeah, taking fair enough. A, a, a way, away from him. Um, and I'm just trying to see if there's any like – yeah. Um, no, we, don't, we never speak enough about the juniors, but they like – I don't want to – you know, once Jackson and Jordan left juniors, we thought they'd be take some time to see that again. But like I said, um, we've got some – some pretty good racing in the juniors. Um, 
yeah, um, good, good to see. Well, there you have it. If you'll let me do it, the outro is on your way. That was Sven Martin, who's a photographer at the World Cups, the Enduros. Anything in between, he uses the shoes, the pedals, integral part of Crank Brothers' social media coverage and their marketing. And when I lived at his house, we were literally up the road from Crank Brothers. I've been on those pedals for way too many years. So that was the race review. They are synonymous with downhill racing, celebrating 12 years in a row of that elite world champs win with a Mallet DH pedal. We have Worlds coming up. But they are undefeated in the ladies and the men here at the World Cup season three rounds in. Look for the shoes that they've added to their offering with Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw, Cami Blanche, and a host lot more. And I, I just can't thank them enough for believing in this product that Sven and I and Alan started talking racing. We put it on my podcast, and they were the first to jump on board. First sponsor of the podcast. I've added more. We've got AG1, which you'll hear about. Oh, that Sven, Andrew, Sven is a big, you, big uh, I, proponent. I'm out of, of eight. I'm out of AG1. Do you have any in Bali? I, I got you covered in Bali. I take for all my friends because I swear by it so much. Listen to this, PD. Oh. If you're listening. Petey listens to the podcast every now and then. I got it out of him. So maybe you should send him a direct message and say, please go on the Moving the Needle podcast as a guest because he says he does a lot of driving, doesn't listen to too many podcasts, but Moving the Needle is one of them, Sven. And he said to me, I probably need some AG1 donor. And I just winked. I said, dude, you got to use it. You got to use it. And he better use my code. I'll, I'll take him some. He asked. He asked me about it because he, he must have, like you said, he must have heard the podcast. And I was like, "He's like, yeah, is it really worth it?" I'm like, "Dude, we're old. We need all the help, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all in one go." But you know what I love about Petey? Um, he's obviously invaluable, and the service is done for the sport and his own accomplishments, and and uh, and on the side of the track for the syndicate. But it was pretty cool um, as a team manager and like looking out and keeping his head in the game. In the podium, uh, when they're doing the champagne, Jackson like blew off his sunglasses, and it was like went on the stage. And I was like, "Hey, Jackson, your, you know, your glasses." They like as he was leaving the stage, I'm like, "Dude, your glasses!" And he was just like, "Ah, oh, like, like as if he couldn't." But he had his like trophy in his bike, and he's like walking off the stage. So I grabbed his glasses off the stage, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, sweet, you'll probably forget that I have them, and I've now got some fresh new Oakleys." Um, and then sure enough, like not even 30 seconds later, PD like sideballs it to the podium and he's like, all right, I'll take those Mongo. And he's like, he doesn't miss a thing. And he's like, he saw that I was going to basically commandeer Jackson's glasses and um, PD, next time let me keep the bloody glasses. And no job too big or too small for PD. Too small. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, no, but that's one of the biggest things. Looking out for his ask. riders. Looking out for his yeah. riders, dude. And if you ask me about PD, who was always great to me, I was very lucky to be mentored by a lot of riders or at least taken under their wing or being accepted as friends. But PD, I'll never forget, we're on a new fork launch in Spain, Alicante. Um, and I think I just signed for Trek. So it was a very exciting time for me. But it, it came at a good time because PD was the first off the shuttle van and the first to download the media, journalists, and anyone else's bikes. He didn't just help one or two yeah. get his bike and move on. He stood there, unloaded everyone's bikes, gave everyone the time of day, and this is when he was at the height of his sort of stardom, and I think that's like a really yeah. big lesson. PD's never too big or too small for any fan, loves the sport, gives back. Um, he's got that cool piece that Shimano did on him, and I think we need to start bullying him to give a friend – a little bit of an interview, hey Sven. 
He's too big for a podcast, but I think I think he'd give over some amazing stories. We need to get I inside think, Petey's head. Uh, yeah, the problem is like half of Petey's stories, because he's from the heyday and the glory days, half of Petey's stories could never like see the time of day, like on, on podcasts. Maybe there can be a, a book when he retires. But um, the other half that we can hear about, we want to hear about Petey, so get on, get yeah. on Andrew's show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. I'm going to tell you more about AG1. They are a big sponsor of the podcast. Without that, I probably would give up this thing because it really helps keep the equipment going. I'm overseas. I've brought another mic. I'm buying too many mics. Not always the right one. I've got to get Stan has one. But tell them, tell them why you're in Bali, Andrew. No, Come on, that, share with your guests. Andrew's some, in Bali getting married. He's, getting, he's doing a podcast <laughs> like seconds before his wedding. And no, I'm flying no, right I, there. Yeah, Sven, uh, make sure you bring me a surfboard. So, yeah. Dude, the boards You get to, you are, get to know me uh, pretty well. The boards, uh, oh, the boards are packed. Well, if, you're listening, if you're listening on audio, Sven has carved it. out an hour's time or an hour and a half's time. He's already got the board packed. No wonder he's on the podcast. Then he's probably got a doctor appointment with his little baby, baby Siggy. Getting immunizations for Bali. Uh, so they can get to Bali. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm a race Off fan. Doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing. I watching the races, trying to give you the value. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap it up. But don't you dare go away. I got a little bit of let's hear from our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Okay. See you. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously, I must say. It was so difficult though to stick to a routine and to remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found AG1. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. Now you might ask, what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I have never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is the perfect all-in-one solution. Honestly, I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and I know I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier and that's why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning as I said and then I'm done. So check this out. With that one scoop of AG1 I've been talking about, you're absorbing, listen to this, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, recovery and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs and none of that nasty chemical artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Now let's all be honest with each other. We all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery, mental clarity and alertness. Now I don't care what you do in life, I think we can all agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle. That's again drinkag1.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link will be in the show notes as well.